2022 Arizona State Sun Devil season is upon us. We'd like to welcome you to the Arizona State Football Insider. I'm your host, Rob Penn, along with Sun Devil Royalty, Juan Roque, J.R. Redmond, and David Full Rock Fulcher. How you guys doing, fellas? We're doing good, man. Yes, sir. Definitely, man. We stoked for this season. I'm telling you, man, uh, it's going to be a great run. You know, it's going to start off a little hot outside, but it'll end up, you know, perfect weather here in Arizona. You know, we went in that Pac-12 championship. Absolutely. You know, nighttime football was synonymous with ASU, and it's been synonymous for that very reason, you know, all the way back to the Frank Cush days. I know a little bit of history. I used to read the media guides. Fletcher's probably going to laugh at me for that one. But, uh, yeah, that was nighttime football was for that reason. It was so hot during the day, they wanted to get those stadium seats filled. So they would, we would play at seven o'clock, you know, back all the way down back to the fifties and sixties. Um, you know, and it wasn't, it wasn't unheard of even during the Kush years, they would get 70,000 as an average attendance back in those days. So we got to get those days back. Oh yeah. Yeah. Football was, uh, I remember when I came there as a, as a freshman in 82, where all my classes were uh, during the day and we had football <laughs> practice during the night because it was too hot, man. Yep. And I'm telling you, coming from California, uh, I went from 75 to 105, and let me tell you, it was hot. Definitely. It stings. Hot. <laughs> it stings. Yeah. yeah, we did practice at night as well, Dave. We we would practice from 7 to 9 to get us acclimated to the nighttime and obviously because of the weather. I think we practiced a little bit later than that. I think it was 8 to 10. Oh, wow. Okay. Oh, yeah, man. He made sure that we uh, – we had Daryl Rogers. Daryl Rogers made yeah. sure that we were prepared, man. And even at 8 o'clock at night, it was still a little bit humid. And I would say humid because – People say it's dry heat when heat is heat. Heat is heat. So, yeah, yeah. It didn't matter what the, what the weather was. We yeah. were practicing at night and playing early games during the day. Definitely. Hey, hey, for a kid from Michigan, I tip my hat to you guys that did that, man. <laughs> oh, Lord. Yeah, goodness. I walk outside at night and those, I just respect what you guys did out here and what you went through. Goodness. Definitely. Hey, so the first three games of the season are pivotal. You know, they're really going to set the tone for the rest of the season here. We uh first game in AU. Second, we go to Stillwater, Oklahoma State, and then we come back and play Eastern Michigan. What's your outlook on those three games, and what what would we need to do? Well, you know, I look at it like this here. We've got two games um, that are obviously uh, winnable games at home, and then we travel to uh, Stillwater in week two. But it's always the first game because you want to know exactly what you got as a coach. Um, you're going to play a lot of players just to see who works with who. And then once again, it's, it's, it's keeping people healthy. You know, football teams win championships or they go deep into the playoffs because everybody's healthy. Um, you know, you, you got training camp, as we, we would call it right now. These guys are out there playing football, and they're doing a lot of things. If they're trying to gel with the other player, trying to make sure what works, what fits. Uh, you might have ones playing with twos or twos playing with threes. So the opportunity for these players to make – things happen, it's probably going to be very, very important against Northern Arizona or a team that you're supposed to be. You know, you shouldn't go out there playing in, in uh, Northern Arizona and just kind of skip by. Because if you skip by, that game in Oklahoma State is, is going to be a, a, a killer. So I think the opportunity for this football team to eliminate all the naysayers, you know, got them ninth and 10th in the pack trying to come out and finish. Um, nobody wants to be on the bottom of the pack. Um, this is a football team that is coming back with a great defensive football team and some obviously some new players on offense. But this is a football team when it comes to getting things started. It's not three games. It's the first game. And the first game is against Northern Arizona. 
that they have to go out there and handle business. Don't look past Northern Arizona trap game. When you start looking past them, looking at Oklahoma State, you find yourself on the short end of the stick or not playing well. So the opportunity for this football team to get in and win win these games because the, the first conference game is against Utah, and that's not going to be easy. So you have to come out of this game error-free, injury-free, and playing some good football so that when you do get to that first pack game, you're ready to go. And I, I agree with David on that because when we talk about setting a tone for a season, ASU, the last several years, has always left something to be desired in game one. You could call it the heat, the not being you know, used to practicing at night. I mean, there are a lot of different excuses we can make for why there's a slow start for teams that you're supposed to beat. I think that that needs to stop this season. There's a lot of naysayers. There's a lot of, there's a lot of negative energy around the program right now with this investigation and is this model working as far as the pro model. And, you know, there's a lot of noise around the program. And the only way you're going to be able to start to quiet that down is you got to come out prepared, ready to play, mistake-free football. This game should be over at halftime. But historically, again, recently, ASU has not done very well against these lower-tier teams. They, they struggle. They, they can't find themselves. And then the second half, they come alive. They got to put a stop to that this season. They, they got to come out there and make a statement right away. This is not the same, you know, run-of-the-mill ASU team. These are a different group of devils. Got a lot of new faces. We'll get into that a little bit later. But this is the opportunity to set a tone because your second contest, I mean, in the first three games, you want to talk about already dealing with all the different things that happened during the season. You got a team you should beat, a team that probably no one's going to expect you to beat, and then a team that could embarrass you at home if you're not careful. All in the same span of 21 days. Talk about pressure right out of the gate, but ASU has to handle like pros. You got to take care of game one, one at a time. Take care of NAU, nine games before the next game, but that doesn't even matter. They need to come out of the gate fast. They need to be able to get focused, get to what's important, run your offense, run your defense, get your starters off the game, put your reserves in. Now, keep something in mind, too, while I say that. NAU beat U of A last year at home. At home. Went wow. in and embarrassed them. Wow. Now, granted, U of A we don't, was a one-win team last year uh, that's been struggling lately, but a Division I AA team should never beat a Division I team, especially a Pac-12 team, much less an Arizona team, period. It should never happen. It, sh- it shouldn't even be close. So that's something that I'm sure is in the back of Herm's mind. It's in the back of Billick's mind and, and Glenn Thomas and all the rest of the coaches. I know that they're saying that this week and going into next week. Y'all better watch yourselves. Come out of this game. Take it seriously. Let's take care of business. Hey, ranked fourth in the Pac-12 South last year, giving up slightly over 21 points per game. What does that defense have to do to be a threat in the Pac-12 this year? Well, you know, once again, it's, it's making plays. You know, they've got athletes to do the job. But it's, it's making plays and it's paying attention to detail. You know, they got a, a bunch of starters coming back on defense. And one of their key starters was Kyle Soleil. Kyle, you know, led the team in tackles last year with 88 tackles. And to me as a linebacker, that's, that's pretty, uh, pretty low on tackles. But 88 tackles is not bad. I mean, when you start talking about eight tackles for a loss, um, you know, he, he had a sack, uh, uh, interception. So, you know, he, he's done some good football. But the, the problem is, is they've got to attack the football. They've got to chase the football around. Um, everybody's got to come up and make plays. Um, defensively, you know, offensive teams put points on the board. Defensive teams stop people from scoring. If you can keep them from scoring uh, and, and keep the ball away from the end zone, if you're going to give up points, you give up field goals, you got a chance to win. And earlier in the year last year, this football team did that. And all of a sudden, 
I think they had a they hit a roadblock when they went up to Utah and forgot to play football. Right. And once that went that ship went down, everything else went down. So defensively, paying attention to detail, flying around the football. And once you do that, man, you, you, you're going to be okay because the offense is not bad. Yeah, they got some new players and their new quarterback coming in, but they know how to score points. Defensively, if you stop people and you make plays, and then once again, staying healthy. I think if this football team can stay healthy, and that's with any team, you stay healthy, give yourself a chance, you got a chance to win a game, and you got a chance to win a title. And if they want to get the monkey off their back, because they were a really, really good football team last year on paper. And there were times that they really showed up to play football and they did some things, and then they, they didn't show up. This is a different football team run by a different quarterback, different attitude. Is it going to be a different result or the same result? And I think this football team has the opportunity to make things better in, in Tempe. Yeah, definitely. Now, Juan, last year the offense ranked sixth in the Pac-12 South. Uh, they bring in Emory Jones as a transfer. They named, they named him the starter uh, last week. Uh, in Florida last season, he threw for over 2,700 yards and 19 touchdowns, but also had 13 interceptions. How's that offense looking this year? When you look at it on paper, it, it could be very impressive. But to me, obviously, on paper, doesn't win football games. And it's going to come down to ball control. They're going to go to a pro-style look, which I think is the right move when you got the running backs that you got got with uh, Ngata and, of course, with uh, Zazavian Valade, who transferred in from Wyoming. All reports that I've heard is the kid's a bruiser. He likes to run. He likes to run through people. Now you got to look at the offensive line in that situation. You got to look at guys like Ben Scott, Ladarius Henderson. That is the core of, of the unit coming back. The other three guys are transfers. We'll get into them a little bit later. But what is key for this offense this season is you cannot give the offense, opposing offense, cheap points. You can't give them interceptions. You can't put the ball on the ground. You can't put your defense in bad situations. Our defense is a good defense. They will stop people. They will even get the ball back. But we cannot put them in a situation where they're defending a short field. It's a long, you know, it's an interception return for a long gain. Now they're first and goal on the three. We did that a lot last year. Put our defense in really bad situations with penalties, false starts, you name it, especially that Utah game. It just got ridiculous at the end with false starts, miscues, misthrows, drop balls. The offense cannot do that to this defense. If you give this defense the ball back, if if you're if you're moving the chains. You know, scoring points, whether field goals, touchdowns, whatever, get them, get get third offense, get the defense on the field with a long field. We can do some great things. So this is really going to come down to again paying attention to detail. It's always the fundamentals. No miss, you know, no miss blocks. Being able to finish plays, finish them strong. No penalties, no stupid penalties, especially on the long gains on the third and ones. We get a false start. I mean, we can't do that. They got to be mentally right. They got to be mentally sharp. The veterans of this group that were here last year, that have been through the fire, that have been through the wars need to rally the new guys and bring them up to a new attitude, bring them up to a new approach, a new direction, that that stops this year. Too many mistakes, too many things have gone wrong because of mental errors. That needs to stop if this team is going to be successful. Our next segment, the Sun Devil Spotlight, please allow us to introduce to you Sun Devil legend, Jake the Snake Plumber. How you doing, brother? I'm good, Rob. How you doing, man? Oh, I'm pretty good, man. I'm wonderful, man. Ecstatic. Uh, loving this, man. I just wanted to bring up, you know, uh, how much of an influence that you were, man, and how great of a quarterback you were and a person overall. And the things that you're doing right now, man, for the culture, man, for the people in, gen uh, in general, I just want to tip my hat and say, uh, say thank you, brother. 
Hey, I appreciate it, man. You know, it's uh, it's an honor to carry on, uh, you know, the legacy of being a Sun Devil. There's a lot of great ones out there. And, uh, you know, you got a couple joining you on the show here, David and Juan. And uh, I'm, bla- I'm blessed with that as uh, part of my upbringing. And now I get to go out with confidence that I gathered from being a young Sun Devil coming out of Boise, Idaho. Uh, carried out into the world now and, and you know, make people think and, and present them with something they may not have thought of before. But that all started, you know, with that confidence I gained as a young man down there in uh, Tempe leading these those big boys out on the field. Yeah, definitely, man. So now, you came in as a freshman, went through that summer, and was ultimately named QB1. Tell us what you remember about coming through that tunnel for the first time as a freshman. Yeah, you know, it was, uh, I was backup. So I got the backup spot and I was backing up Grady Benton. So we played Utah in the first game. And, uh, you know, I was just bright eyed, man, bushy tailed. I didn't know what I was really getting into. And I played in Boise, Idaho at the, 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 the Broncos Stadium. You know, it was never full. We maybe played in front of six, 7,000 was the most ever. And here I am in uh, Tempe and Sun Devil Stadium around all these guys from all around the country and number two. And so I was excited. I ended up getting in that game, throwing up a, a haymaker roll to my left to Carlos Chililos. Chililos artist came back and, and caught the ball. It was a, it was a duck. And he came back and caught it. My very first pass took it 78 yards. So when that happened, I was like, Oh, okay, I can do this. I think I can get by here. And then it was just a big learning process. But, uh, it was really phenomenal to come out and, 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 you know, be a part of something that we were growing there. I didn't go to ASU because they had won multiple national championships. I went there because I'd never heard of the Sun Devils, never heard of them at all. And I was like, okay, I want to go down here. When I leave, I want them to be talking about what happened while I was there. And, you know, sure enough, through those four years, we were able to accomplish that with a lot of amazing leaders and a lot of great teammates and really phenomenal coaches. And, uh, you know, I'm a, I was a quarterback. I knew my role, but I had a lot of great players around me. You know, if I can interject on something here from a personal standpoint, I remember when Jake reported, guys, folks, you know, <laughs> Rob. So, you know, Bobby Petrino, you know, the infamous Bobby Petrino was our quarterback <laughs> coach at the time. And uh, I was in the weight room, and he rolls up, and he says, he called me Juanita, right? He goes, Juanita, come here. And I walked out. I go, yes, sir. Yes, coach. What's up? He goes, go out there and say hello to the quarterback that's going to lead you to the national championship. And I uh, walked outside, and uh, in this car is sitting this skinny guy. His <laughs> hat flipped backwards. He's just chilling. I'm like, hey, what's up, man? I'm Juan. He's like, I'm Jake. I'm like, nice to meet you, man. Welcome. He's like, thank you. Thank you. I'm like, where are you from? He's all Boise, Idaho. See, being from SoCal, we called it Boise. But he said Boise. And I'm like, oh, we've been saying that wrong the whole time. But uh, you talk about a guy that immediately made an impact on, on his teammates. Because I was there, and I lived it, was this man here. And he has my ultimate respect and, and admiration because he just keeps on winning even in life like he taught us on the field. So, Thank you, Juan. That's nice, man. I love you. And uh, we did some damn good things down there. Yes, and we, did. You, and we, really, <laughs> we had a lot of fun, but we worked our, we worked our asses off, too. And uh, like anything that's worth it, it wasn't work. We had fun. We, we, we challenged each other. And there was a group of guys that really were, were bonded for life. Uh, from that experience, so thank you for that. I was, you know, I was a hot 172 pounds coming into ASU, <laughs> 6'2", 172, ready to lead him to a national title. Like I said, I didn't know what the hell I was doing, but I felt right, like I was in the right spot. 
You know, and Jake, we talk about leadership, and I want to focus on that because, as you know, Arizona State has a new quarterback this year, Emory, Emory Jones. And there's, there's a lot of talk. Uh, he's transferred in, senior transfer. I believe he has two years of eligibility left. You've been in a similar situation where you walked into a situation, there was a veteran team around you. You were the new guy. I think it was game six that you were named the starter uh, after showing that promise uh, in those first few games. You know, Emory's kind of in that same situation right now. And, and you had to go in as a young man, first-time starter, and get the guys to follow you, get the guys to believe in you. As being that guy, the guy that had to make the other guys believe and follow, what are some things that Emory Jones, in your opinion, needs to focus on as he takes on that role this season leading the Sun Devil offense? Yeah, I mean, that's a great question. Uh, like I said, when I, when I said clueless, I really I didn't have a plan when I went in. Uh, like, for example, standing up after we lost, I think it was, to Cal. We should have beat their ass on the road. On the plane back, guys were laughing. I stood up in the team meeting because Bruce said, anybody have anything else to say? And I stood up and said, I think we're a better team than that. and We should play harder and win for our seniors so they can go to a bowl game. We haven't been to a bowl game in a long time, and it would mean a lot to them. I didn't have anybody tell me that. And, you know, this day and age, these kids are coached so much that I'm not sure if they can be authentic. I mean, you have to find those guys that are actually authentic, genuine leaders that will not just do what their guru tells them to do, their quarterback guru, or their, you know, their, their dad that was a quarterback at some JC. Like, they just got to be themselves. Like, his kids got to come in here with, the, with an opportunity in front of him that's like, wow, look at this opportunity. If he comes in here, is authentic, is genuine, is a spark, makes plays when he has to, Hopefully, you know, he set the tone in the offseason and done whatever he could to, to establish his leadership role. And that's not coming putting your foot down. That may be kind of easing into it and waiting for that moment that you get the ball with two minutes left and you got to go march, march down the field to beat a team. That's how you solidify your leadership. You know, you can do all the rah-rah, weightlifting, this, that, and the other. But when the ball's in your hand, if you're the quarterback, you got to make the plays. And you also got to support your team, every one of them, not just your offense sitting on the bench in between series, get up, get up there and root for your team. If it means something to you, it's going to show. And that's where leadership comes in, when you're into it. And it doesn't matter about anything but that moment right there. That's how I lived. That's how I played. So no one coached me how to do that. That was just my life. That's how I, I lived in the game. And this kid, that's what he needs to come in and do. And there'll be challenges, but, um, you know, don't be so quick, you know, to, to jump in the portal if shit doesn't go right. You know, like, Show us you got some tact, some fight, some will, some will to like be the best, to be the best for us. And I think if he can do that, you know, there's no reason he can't have some success. You know, hey Jake, David Fulcher here, man. How are you, brother? Uh, I'm good, David. Pleasure so to listen, talk to you. Man. All right, yes, sir, man. I wanted to ask a question because you just mentioned the portal. You know, what's your thought about the portal? And when a guy comes in from another school, how much of a commitment is he really making to that school based off of? Uh, not being the starter at the other the other school, and now coming to this school and maybe want to make a difference and and you know plan that issue. Yeah, I mean it's an interesting life these kids are living. Um, you know, Juan can tell you. I had a kid, uh, Jason Verdugo, one of my best friends. He was my backup for three years, and I started every game and I damn near finished every game. He got a little bit of duty, but if he would have been able to transfer in the portal, he would have gone started. Anywhere else in the Pac-10, he could have started. But he was there. And you know what he, what he gave to me? I mean, he gave up the opportunity, that he, a dream he had, although he also played baseball. So it was like, hey, I can give up something 
for being able to pursue baseball. But he was like, he supported me. He had my back. When I was going through tough times, he was there. When I needed someone to like fire me up and piss me off where we almost go to blows, he was there. And he was, he rode with me through all those ups and downs. And he wouldn't have, I wouldn't have been the player I was my senior year without Jason Verdugo being my number one, my homeboy, my, my best friend, and also my backup quarterback. So there's something to be said about guys just jumping. When you get a connection with somebody, then now they're gone. You don't realize how much that person might have meant to you by just sitting by you in the locker room where you can feel like, ah, I feel good with this dude's around me. I like his energy. I like the way he helps me when I can ask him a question. I don't have to wonder what his motives are. We got each other's backs. It's hard to establish that every year if someone's switching. So I'm not a big fan of the portal. But, again, I'm also a fan of these kids that are, are being told and pushed into this game and coached and singular-minded on football, football, football. Yeah, it's great that some of them can go get an opportunity somewhere else. But it just seems like an easy cop-out that, oh, I didn't get to be named the starter. I'm a freshman. I want to play. Well, what about, like, football is a rough sport. That starter could get injured tomorrow in practice, and now you are number one. There's something to be said about waiting for your chance to let it, let it come to you um, and then not just jumping ship and going to whatever you think is the next best thing. So I guess I'm saying I'm, I'm, I'm impartial to the portal, but I really, you know, I don't like it that much. <laughs> yeah. Thanks, man. I appreciate that. Hey, hey Jake, your 2022 Sun Devil prediction. The floor is yours. Man, you know, I would, I'll be honest with you. It's something I haven't paid a whole lot of attention to. I mean, I'm a Sun Devil. I'm going to watch and take, take my time to see how the team goes. But I haven't read into a whole lot going on, but, you know, the pack is in is unsettled right now with UCLA, USC News, uh, you know, all these players that, that, you know, there's talent across the entire league, right? I mean, ASU has talent. Now, do the kids buy in? Are they coached right? Where's their heart? What are they playing for? Who's their leaders? You know, if they got those guys in place, there's no reason they can't have a really solid season. So um, I would love to see them, you know, play for the, for the Pac-10 title. I mean, that's the goal, right? Let's play for the Pac-10 title. What's the record behind that? You're going to have to be pretty damn good. You're going to have only be able to lose a couple games. But um, are they good enough to do that? I, I don't know. I'm not, I, I'm not a prognosticator, man. I, I haven't dove into the numbers and looked at the players or watched them or gone to any, any camps or anything. So what I'm saying is just believe in each other. If we all believe that they can do it and everyone's not like, ah, man, nah, Herm, they're not going to do that. They're going to be terrible this year. Well, that's – that sucks. That's, that's bad energy. So the, the town of Tempe, Phoenix, the whole state of Arizona needs to believe that they can win a Pac-12 championship. And if that's the case, then we'll feel that. The players will feel that. They'll feel that love. They'll feel that trust. They'll feel that encouragement. They won't feel instead the doubt. And so, you know, it's really about the players, but also the fans having faith in the players and the faith in the system. And even if they don't like what Herm's done or if they, oh, this, that, and the other, are you a Sun Devil or not? Are you wearing maroon and gold? You come into the game, then let's root for these guys to be the best and win the Pac-12 championship. Hall of Fame quarterback, ladies and gentlemen. Yes, sir. <laughs> That's what it sounds like. Yeah, so. Got to hey, believe. Definitely. Hey, Jake, thank you so much for taking your time, my brother. Really appreciate that, man. Look forward to talking to you again in the future. I love, love it. You, Jake. You guys, See you, my brother. Y'all. Thanks for having me on the show. And uh, good luck with this. Reach out anytime. You know I'm there for you. Yes, sir. Thanks, Jake. Love All you, brother. Right. Peace. See, the, the key word there, guys, and folks, you know that, even on defense, man, you, when you got that guy, you get like a a David Fulcher, a Ray Lewis, a, a, a you know, a, 
oh, geez, I can't think of his name right now, or Terrell Suggs. You get, you get a dog like that on your team, or Jake, that could rally those guys. And that's the word is believe, man. Yeah. You know, it don't take much, man. When you've got, <laughs> when you've got that dog, you got yep. that guy, man, that leader, the guy that goes out there, man, fighting, you know, tooth and nail day in and day out, you know, and, and people will follow that. You know, yep. people, the world, look at the, look at the world. I mean, the world, when somebody is, has something going on in the world that everybody likes, people are going to buy into it. And when you buy into it, you got a good chance of being successful. And I think this football team has that opportunity. It's just a matter of, are they really going to buy in after all the things that's been going on with this football team in the last six or seven months? Yep. And people changing and players going in and going out. If that happens, this football team can play with everybody else in the back. Preview and analysis, NAU. Juan, what do we need to do to win this game from an offensive perspective? Well, got to get a fast start, number one. And that's going to all circle around Emory Jones. You know, Glenn Thomas is running a new offense. It's a new look offense. It's a pro style offense. So you got to establish that right out of the gate. You got to get this offensive line moving people out of the way. You know, again, Ben Scott, Ladarius Henderson, they got to rally these guys. You know, we got three new starters on the O line Isaiah Glass, who's a sophomore at left tackle. Then you got two transfers, guys. You got Chris Martinez at the right guard, Des Holmes at the right tackle. O line is key, it's key to success. That starts with fluidity, it starts with gelling together. This is one of those games where these guys have to go play together, communicate, get people out of the way, open those holes for, you know, Zazavian Valade, for. For Ngata, you know, all, all the guys that, that, that are going to be touching that football. But I think that some key players here that we want to see, that we want to get a feel for what's to come. I think Jalen Conyers, tight end. This guy's a monster. He's six foot eight. He runs good routes in a pro style offense. And we've seen it with the Gronkowskis and Tony Gonzalez's of the world. If your tight end is legit, if your tight end is good to go, your offense is literally unstoppable. ASU wants to run that pro style. They want to get back to that bruising attack, get a, get away from the spread a little bit, even though Emory Jones can give you some of those plays and kind of keep that in your toolbox. But they need to make a statement, a statement, guys. They need to get that offensive line, running people over, get the running backs room to run, five yards of carry, throw for 250, and also get uh, Cam Johnson involved. He's a transfer wide receiver. That, I think, is another key to this offense. When you want to run the pro style, you got to have that deep threat. This guy, he's a mystery right now. He's a transfer. We had a lot to be desired from the receiving core last year. So when you talk about game one, what is it you want to accomplish? Yes, fundamentals. Yes, error-free football. Yes, put them away early. But you want to make a statement on offense. You want people to turn that film on, and even though it's in need to go, oh, damn, this is, a new, this is a new ASU. This is a whole new attitude. And it starts with the five uglies up front and that run game. That run game has to get cranky, man. We can't be in that 3.7 per carry you know, 3.9 in the first half. They need to come out and start averaging 5.66 yards a carry, and then they'll make that statement. All right, Mr. Fulcher, I would love to know that Hall of Fame perspective on that defense. You know, the defensive football team last year wasn't a bad defensive team. Um, some of the things that they struggled with happened in the third and fourth quarter. They were um, – well, actually, they were better defensively in the third and fourth quarter. They gave up 82 points – in the first quarter and 97 points in the second quarter. Mm. Kind of hard to beat people when you give up those kind of points. Mm -hmm. But the way the defensive play last year led by Kyle Sole, uh, but they got Merlin Robinson, DeAndre Pierce, DJ Davidson, Eric Gentry, and Jack Jones. Those guys had 40 or more tackles on that defense last year. So these guys were around the football. 
if the football team can just continue to make plays, third down percentage last year, they gave up over 50% of third down. That's, you can't really do that. If you're going to be successful, you got to get off the field so you can get your offensive team back on the field. They gave up, a, 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 I would say, a, a 2,500 yards rushing total on the year. That's a little bit too many yards to give up a game, you know, you, you, or, or the year. You don't want to do that. But I also said something about penalties, and you said this to me earlier, big guy. They had 113 penalties for 1,030 yards on the year. When you give up that many penalties, um, discipline, that's where the discipline comes in. I think a lot of football teams, if you don't have the discipline, and I know they were uh, behind in the games, a few games trying to come back, but even that, though, when, it, when you're behind in the game, you got to be at your best. You can't jump offside. You can't do those type of things on offense. And defensively, the personal fouls and some of the things that was happening um, with them. But I would tell you, this football team has the talent. They got the leadership. I just mentioned those leaders, you know, eight of the first 10 guys who are in 40 or more tackles on the year are guys who've been around the football and know what they need to do. Um, it just takes, you know, it takes the willpower and the want to. Do I want to go out there and represent Arizona State and make plays, or do I just want to sit back and let things happen? Um, that school down north or south, wherever that other school is, that other Arizona school, you know, they, you know, they 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 live to play Arizona State. We don't live to play U of A. We play everybody. And I think if this football team go into this season with that attitude, and it's going to take, um, it's going to take a lot of horse horse running and beating to go in there and get this first game out the way because the second game does not matter. You don't win the first game. The second game does not matter. They've got to be poised. They've got to be smart. And they've got to just come out fighting. Get off the field when you're supposed to get off the field and do what you're supposed to do. You take care of your job on defense. The offense take care of their job. you got a victory. And I believe if they can just put these things together, eliminate, if they're going to give up 82 points and 97 points in the first half, first quarter, second quarter, you're not going to win football games unless your offense is scoring 60 and we may not see that. So you got to keep the points down, you know, a good 13, 14, 15 points a game might win you a Pac-10 championship. Now we're going to go to J.R. Redmond with his keys to the game. I think the first key is to understand that you have a one game season. And in saying that, that means you don't look forward to the big games that are coming down the way. Uh, when you're playing a school like NAU, um, which is obviously a smaller school, um, you tend to overlook them, right? So we want to make sure that we understand that this is a one-game season. The most important game they have to play is this game right now. The second key to this game will be getting off to a fast start, offensively, defensively, and special teams. Offensively, we get the ball first. You got to establish dominance up front. Get a body on a body, whether we're throwing the ball making sure that the running backs are able to plug holes and pick up the blitzes. Um, and if we're running the ball, making sure that, again, the linemen have a body on the body and there's no one running free. And we get downhill and let these running backs cut it loose. Um, defensively, uh, got to get stops, right? Got to get pass breakups, right? Got to get the ball on the ground. Got to get tackles for losses. Um, have to get pressures on the quarterback. It can be a comfortable situation for them. I believe if they get out to a fast start, as well as special teams, getting that big return, getting that big tackle to fire up the defense when they come out. Great return, fire out the offense when they come out. These are the things that are going to need to happen for them to be successful. Get out to a fast start. That the playmakers make plays. 
That's going to be the key. The playmakers on both sides of the ball have to make plays, right? You got some really good guys that are returning on the defensive side of the ball. You got a couple good safeties. You got a couple good linebackers. You got a nice D lineman that's coming back. Hey, you guys up front and then the secondary intermediate, you guys got to make plays. That's what has to happen. You can't play a game without making plays. So at the end of the day, everybody's going to be well coached. They have a great coaching staff. The players just have to make sure that they're doing what they're coached to do so that they can make the plays. Well, fellas, those Saturday nights in Tempe, they're coming close. I can't wait, fellas. Wonderful show. Well, you know, if I could throw a little bit of Detroit flavor in this, you know, Dan Campbell has a, a mural. If you guys have been watching Hard Knocks, to, oh, to yeah. throw that out there, that says Detroit versus everybody. And they got hats that say grit. When we talk about ASU football, we're kind of in that mode right now, aren't we? It's right. ASU versus everybody. And in order to make this happen, you got to show that grit. You got to have an attitude. You got to have a, an identity to your football team. I think we've been lacking in that department. Hopefully, with these new faces and and the, the new offense and the defense that's returning, with the guys that we got, with the players we got, hopefully they'll be able to set that attitude and tone right out of the gate. And you know what else is uh, true to this? I think we've lost the respect for the rest of the country. Everybody respected Arizona State many many years ago. Um, recently. Um, there's no respect. Um, people aren't respecting this football program like they used to. Even the Pac-12 is not respecting this football team. When you look at, you know, where they have them sitting, I mean, they're on the bottom of the bottom of the food chain. They're, they don't expect them to get out of there if they're not nine, ten, or eleven uh, or ranked in the conference. So, how do you how do you get respect? You take it out on the first team this year. You, you do what you do and do what you're supposed to do. And if you go in there and you're winning the football game and you don't, you're not winning like you're supposed to, people aren't going to respect that. And you want Oklahoma State to know that you're coming down there and still wanted to play them. Right. You take care of business in game one and get that respect you're supposed to have because following ASU, former Sun Devils, guys want to see this football team be successful and they want to see them win. So let's give them what there's – if they can just give them what we're asking for, Give everybody what they want. Everything should be okay. We want to thank everybody for tuning in. We'll see you next week with more great predictions. Signing off. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.